I don't know about you, but it seems everywhere I turn, people are angry. We're angry at the way others drive, angry at the way others talk, angry about, well, everything. Join us today as Pastor Rander gives us some sound biblical teaching about how we as Christians should act and react to the outside pressures the world places on us in this message, How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Levels of anger. There are different levels of anger. Number one, irritation. Irritate a feeling of discomfort brought on by something or someone. You know, your child, your children do something that irritates you. Your husband probably did something irritating you to the point that you can't even focus on the message. Y'all stop fighting on Sunday. Stop fighting on Saturday nights. You got a spat or something, an issue to deal with. Do sell it on Monday. Deal with it on Monday. So you got all the way to Saturday before Sunday comes. That's why some of y'all can't say amen. Y'all fought last night. Some of y'all fought all the way to church and then get out the car and say hallelujah, praise the Lord. You ain't no, ain't no hallelujah in you. No hallelujah in you. Stop lying. You mad. You mad. Irritation. Just irritate little stuff. Squeezing the tooth. Can't squeeze the toothpaste right, you know. Towels and all this kind of stuff. Just stuff laying all around. You know, you're burning up stuff and all this kind of stuff. Irritation. Number two, wrath. The different levels of anger. Wrath. Giving expressions of a strong desire to seek revenge. I mean, wrath is, you know, wrath is not just angry. It's angry enough to want to get you back. I mean, you don't know who you're messing with. You know, the old me is about to come out. You got some of these folks right under my voice say, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna lay my religion down. <laughs> but if you got a, a religion that you can pick up and lay down at will, it's not much of a religion. I don't want that kind of religion. I want salvation. Wrath, giving expressions of a strong desire to seek revenge. And you get folk back, get back at your husband or wife, and you, you, you're quiet with it. You're manipulative with it. You're getting them back, and sometimes they don't know you're getting them back. But you're getting them back. Quietly. Quietly. That's why I pray. You know, before I got married, I really prayed when I was a teenager and 21 and 22. I prayed God. I prayed long and hard for my wife because I didn't want no divorce court. And I wanted to go to sleep without knowing I'm going to have an ice pick in my heart. That's right. You know, I, I, I want to go to sleep in peace. I don't want no hot water in my face and all that. I, I can't be dealing with all that. So I pray long and hard and tell me I can sleep good because God gave me a good wife. She's snoring and I'm snoring. We both wake up and praise the Lord. Don't y'all say amen. You scared to go to sleep, you in trouble. Oh God, I ain't hard to do with this message. Different levels of anger, number three. Then there's another level, fury. Say fury. fury. This is this is the loss of emotional control. Loss of emotional control. All of a sudden, you so furious at your husband, man. You take the why you take the skill. You pull and he ducking. Yeah. You furious. You gone. You out of your mind, crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, he he does something. He get the car and try to make like he pretended he put it in reverse, but he did it on purpose. 
to mow you down. Oh, 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 honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cried. You, you, it was an accident. No, it was. All these accidents are not accidents. <laughs> you, you killed her. Man. You went, went on, went in the closet and said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Number four, rage. Say rage. rage. Another level of anger. It's a temporary loss of control involving acts of violence. When anger becomes rage, The person scarcely realizes what he or she has done because of temporary insanity. Most murders are either premeditated acts of violence or crimes of passion committed in the moment of uncontrolled anger. You see, you you are insane in your anger. In other words, you can get so angry till you lose your ability to think. You, You lose your mental faculties. And that's why a lot of people, you heard of people say, well, I was temporarily insane. In other words, I was so out of touch. I was so out of it. So you have to let me go free because I wasn't in my right mind. You see, I want to tell you this, my friends. Remember, anger is one letter away from danger. A-N what? G-E-R. How do you change anger to danger? D-A-N what? Prolonged anger will spiral all the way down into danger. You say, well, you're not talking to me. I don't have no irritation. I'm not mad. I'm okay. I'm not angry. Let's check you out. Let's do a self-check inventory to see just how okay you think you really are. Is that fair enough? So let's get some signs of anger. Signs of anger. Number one, chronic sarcasm. You're being sarcastic with your spouse. Sarcastic with your husband. Sarcasm. And that sarcasm is is being generated from an angry spirit. Uh, Number two, resentfulness. You resent something that your spouse did. A coworker did, a friend or neighbor did. Uh, resentfulness. Number three, pessimism. You, you, you have a gloom and doom attitude. And it's because of anger. You, you, you don't see the glass half full. You always see it half empty. I mean, you come to church, you can't enjoy God and you can't, you think so bleak. Oh, church was good, baby. But honey, it was good, but it was too hot. It was too cold. The baby cried too loud. This happened to my child. This, and all of a sudden, Satan has done a job on you, and you leave out here with that on your mind, and you miss ultimately what God had in store for you message-wise. Uh, another one is impatience. You, you're impatient because you're angry. You want that person to act and act at your will right now, move at your command, and you are impatient. You're with yourself. You're impatient with God, and you're impatient with your other with others. You're impatient with your children. You, you're just so impatient. And people are saying, well, what's the rush? When are you going to slow yourself down? Why are you always in the go mode? Some of you can't sit here and enjoy the message and receive it and be blessed because you got to go. You got to go. Go do what? Go eat, go sleep, go to see your daughter pet moth, go cut the yard, uh, go something, uh, get a fire log and put on a fire this cold day, you know. You're always in the go mode. You can't be all where you are. 
you see. Impatient. Number five, frequently stressed out. You just Mr. and Mrs. stressed out. You go to the Spurs game, stressed out. You ought to be there enjoying the game, stressed out. You go to Disney, stressed out. You go on a cruise, you're stressed out. You can't go bowling, stressed out. Go to a movie, stressed out. You go, go eat at a restaurant, stressed out. You know why you're stressed out? Because you're angry. And the things, the pleasurable things that you ought to be getting a little pleasure from can't bring you pleasure because of the root of anger. That's why you're so stressed out, losing all your hair. You, you know, you're going to get old before your time. And those facelifts not going to fix nothing. Because you, you're a stressed mess. Matter of fact, you're a hot mess. You're a hot mess. <laughs> Signs of hidden anger. What's another sign? Some of y'all already say, I surrender. Number seven, tendency to gossip. You gossip about the person that made you mad. You tell everybody but the person that you have the issue with. Bible says, go to your brother. You go on the 15th pole. Years ago, like I said in the first service, you, you could only go to one person at a time. But when folk make you mad now, you know, on those email things and take, you can just all those little names up there at the top and you can just put your little messy stuff on Facebook and all this other Twitter stuff. And then all you have to match is one button that's called, that button is named what? Sin, the S-E-N-D, which leads you into S-I-N. Send to sin. And you can, you can, you, you can mess up a person's reputation in life. 700 people with one button. Used to be years ago, you couldn't gossip to one person at a time. Maybe a third person. But now, you can mess up a whole lot of lives. And everything's all out of order because of gossip. You know what else? Another sign of anger is a legalistic attitude. Legal, it has, you know, you, it's gotta be done this way. I know I want the dishes put this way. No, put the dishes up in this position. No, don't put the dishwasher, put, don't put the dishes in the dishwasher this way. You, baby, you gotta put them in this, if you get them in there, God, for heaven's sake. Thank God he's putting something in there. You know, you know, you, you both know how to get to the same destiny, but you, you're arguing over which way is the best. Instead of leaving the driving to the person who's behind the wheel. You know, it's got to, everything got to be a certain way. It's got to all add up your way. And it's, that's legalism. And you, you, you handcuff your spouse. Your spouse, your poor spouse can't ever get it right. You're such a perfectionist. And you're so legalistic. I got to, uh-uh. That, maybe when you do it like that, that just, I can't take that. Come on, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Number nine, demanding and domineering attitudes. You're a control freak. You control folk. You bossy. Oh, you bossy. There's some bossy wives out there. You just boss your poor husband all over the place. The man can't breathe. That's why he don't want to come home. That's why he work overtime. Some of you make absentee husbands. Look how quiet it is to get down. That's right. And then some of you husbands are just as bad too. You, you come home and you're such a tyrant dictator until everybody freeze when you walk in. 
You know, you whoop, you have kill folk. You don't even whoop within limits because you all mad. You just whoop like a dictator. Kids scared of you. And you're trying to protect it so they won't catch you. Why, why so quiet in here now? Won't y'all, is, amen. Y'all, y'all still out there? A dictatorial spirit, dominating attitudes. You, you know what everybody ought to do. You, you got an answer for everybody. As a matter of fact, you got more answers than Jesus. I know what you ought to do. It would stop, stop being God in everybody's life. Let, let the poor man, the poor woman, let the neighbor, let the coworker, let them hear God for themselves. Stop trying to be the voice of God and let them hear God. They can hear God for themselves. God told me to tell you. Now you better watch that. Lord, stop lying on the Lord. <laughs> Signs of anger. Self-centeredness. It's all about you. The Bible says you ought to decrease and he increase, but you increasing and he decreasing. You know? You can't share. You know? You, you, you just... Uh, self-centered. Number 11, unwilling to cooperate in meetings, in business, with, with employers, employees, with members, ministry committees, and all these things. It's gotta go your way or no way. You get your unwillingness to cooperate with your husband in decisions, with your family, with your siblings, dealing with issues affecting your mother, issues affecting your father. Issues affecting your grandchildren, your godchildren, whatever kind of children you got. You can't get along. You, you all, everything's an issue. Unwillingness to cooperate because you're angry. Another sign of anger is depression. And you, you spiral right on into depression. And they, listen, you getting all that medication and all them shots and all that stuff. And the true, true matter is, it is not physical, it is spiritual. And you need a spiritual healing. So that you can be made whole and at peace with God, at peace with yourself, and at peace with others. Life is too short for you to be angry. And be the only you today. Let me tell you this too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A lot of y'all under my voice, you need to repent. You say, why? Because God kept you all through last year. How many of you know God was good to you last year? Huh? He's better than good. He crossed you all the way over into this year and you bought the stuff that you angry at your spouse and your, your friends and coworkers and neighbors. You bought all that stuff from last year over into this year. Here's a brand new year and you defiling everything in your path. And God is saying you need to repent so that you can be made whole. Now let's transition again. Four ways people handle anger. Now, you can get 50 ways, but your time, my time won't permit. Let's just do four. Four ways people handle anger. Number one, they suppress it. Just stuff it. I mean, some of y'all been stuffing stuff. You won't talk about anything. It started at your toe. You just stuffing down here. Stuff and your stuff, you, you compact it and then you stuff. Now it's here. And you've been stuffing all those issues and you stuff. Now it's all the way up here. And when you just stuff your whole life up, and, and no way of release. Guess what happens? You end up what? Exploding. Exploding. Just stuff it down, but don't express it openly. Suppressed anger can cause depression, 
and bring on certain physical disorders and even sickness. Anger will kill you if it's not addressed. Number two, express it negatively. Express it negatively. That's another way. This can be seen in violent reactions because you're angry. Outbursts of verbal abuse because you're angry. Anger will reduce your vocabulary down to four-letter words. All of a sudden, you're saying words that you thought you were delivered from. But if you put that, if you don't deal with that anger, all you call your wife some words you never thought your wife never thought she'd hear. You call your mother-in-law, your father-in-law some words, your children some words. Listen, mamas and daddies, y'all not ever cuss your children. I've never cussed them. I ain't my son right there. I've never cussed my children out. They may be upset that I just get some whippings. Yeah, they got all that then some. That's why I whipped him down here. So now he's too big to be whipping on. But I whipped him down here. I whipped him down here. You know, but I didn't cuss him. You don't cuss. You don't be cussing. You angry at your child. You stupid idiot. You make me sick. You never going to add up to nothing. That is the worst thing you can tell your children. That is sick. And you know what? Those words will resonate in their lives the rest of their life. And you are making your children emotional, dysfunctional by your words that are tearing down the very fiber of their being. You never tell your children, you're not going to add them. To I wish I hadn't had you. I wish you wasn't born. You're so stupid. Don't, that Listen, even husbands and wives shouldn't be talking like that to one another. Those are crushed. That's emotional abuse. You talk about physical abuse, but emotional abuse. And listen, that can destroy a marriage, destroy relationships. You need to be loving and kind and full of grace and love and patience toward your children, toward your spouse, toward your relatives and in-laws and all. You have to love them. Let them see what it is to model unconditional love. Then uh, another way to express anger is you express it positively. You express it positively. This includes initiating a conversation to talk the problem through and taking practical steps to resolve the source of the anger. It includes initiating a conversation to talk the problem through and taking practical steps to resolve the source of the anger. That's expressing your anger properly in order to to deal with it so that you can be healed. Number four, confess it. Confess that you're angry. Acknowledge to God the anger within you and allow him to heal you. Acknowledge, Lord, you know me. I'm not going to play games with you because you know everything. I am angry. And God, I don't want to stay like this. And God, I got to confess, I know it's wrong. And God, I need you right now in the name of Jesus to heal this bitterness, this unforgiveness, this hate, this hurt, because I don't want to respond in a way that's going to break your heart. So acknowledge to God the anger within you and allow him to heal you. Confess it. Allow others God will use to help you deal with that anger. Allow others that God will put in your life to help you to deal with anger. How to minister to angry people in your life. And then we'll stop right here. We'll give a few and then we'll stop.
How to minister to angry people in your life. How do you minister to them? Number one, offer to pray with them. Because a husband, wife, child, co-worker, boss, offer to pray with them. For prayer has a way of diffusing and disarming those you are angry with or who are angry with you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, pray a good prayer on the person who's angry. I mean, pray a fervent prayer. Pray a prayer that's in their best interest. Pray a prayer for yourself. I mean, pray uh, pray a spirit-led prayer, and you'll be amazed at how it will diffuse and disarm anger. Number two, how to minister to angry people in your life. Love them unconditionally while not tolerating or encouraging sinful patterns. Just because you love them don't mean you're going to let them get away with all kind of stuff that's despicable against you. Blatant disrespect, hurt, and all these things. Well, I love them so much, I can't tell them the truth. That's not being transparent. First Corinthians 13, 8a says, love never fails. You love your husband, your wife, your children, uh, your relatives, your sisters, your siblings. Some of you haven't talked in years. Don't even get together for Thanksgiving. Don't ever write a letter. Don't do anything for your siblings and relatives and cousins and aunts and people that may have done things to you. And the Bible says in First Corinthians 13, 8a, love never fails. Love never fails. Number three, refuse to allow unforgiveness of their misbehavior to hinder your relationship with God and the one you're angry with. Refuse to allow unforgiveness of their misbehavior to hinder your relationship with God and the one you are angry with. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with one another. And if if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. How many of you know you've been forgiven by God? How many of you know you've been forgiven by God to the extent that you can't even count the times he's forgiven you? Huh? I thank God for his forgiveness. And you know what? And God says, what I've done to you, you go and do to others because I want you free. I want you healed. I want you whole. I want you to have a life of civility and freedom to the glory of almighty God. Number four. Surrender the right to retaliate. Remember that God is the righteous judge and you are not the judge. Surrender your right to retaliate. Romans 12, 19 says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, we must leave room for God to work and refuse to take matters in our own hand. If you seek revenge, then what is there left for God to do? If you're sick and revenge, you're going to take matter. You go, wait, wait, I'm going to take wait. And you, and you go take, then what's left for God to do? Do you realize God can whoop people in a way you could never whoop them? Do you realize God can get folk in ways that you don't have enough sense to get them? Huh? And stop taking matters in your own hand. Wait on the Lord. The Lord knows what he is doing. The Lord knows what he is doing. And look, look number five, uh, number five. Seek first to understand their feelings and only then attempt to explain your own. If a person's angry, don't talk about how you feel. You know, well, here's how I feel. 
let me tell you just how I feel. If they're angry, they don't want to know how you feel. Matter of fact, you're provoking them. You're about to get punched in the nose. Don't, don't express how you feel. You want to say, honey, what's going on? How do you feel? Why do you feel that way? How can we make the most of this? How can we rectify this in a way that's going to honor God and bless both of us? You see? So seek the interest of the other person first. Seek how they feel. What's going on with them instead of you? They're mad, ready to bite you to death. And you talk about, here's what I think. Here's what I feel. Here's what you ought to do. Man, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Seek first the other. Proverbs 17, 4 says, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel or an argument starts. In closing, truth be told, God brought you here and you had no idea you were going to be hearing this message. And God knows why he brought you here too. He brought you here because you've been angry too long. Some of you brought last year's anger into this year. Some of you are holding on to stuff to your own detriment. And God's saying, it's time to settle up with me and let go. Some of you came to church angry. And some of you are okay right now and you're not angry. But something is about to happen, be triggered into your life that you had no idea about tonight or next week. And you said, oh my goodness, this is why God gave me that message. Sometimes God is preparing you for what's to come through the message because you can't see the future. And God is trying to keep you from making a fool out yourself and making a bad situation worse. And all God's children said. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.